Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined by the effervescent Betsy. Good to have you, Bets. Hey. All right, everybody. Topic for today, do you like your body? And it's just not just rhetorical, folks. We want you to actually think about this question. It is a huge topic, and we are going to address body image, body positivity, body negativity in two parts. But in the first part here, we want to just really lay the groundwork for this incredibly topic, important topic, excuse me, about what we think about our bodies. And I want to go ahead and give two reasons, Bets, why I think that this issue matters. Okay. Because if, if you say to somebody, do you like your body? Um, you know, first of all, they're going to say, that's a creepy question. But, <laughs> but after that, no, 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 I'm curious, you know, for, um, I think what a lot of people would maybe naturally wonder is, isn't that mostly just a self-esteem thing? Hmm. Like wh- who cares whether I like my body or not? Um, is this just, you know, power of positive thinking that I'm supposed to, you know, why does it even matter? Is it just a self-esteem question? So I think there are two particularly important reasons here, a relevant reason and then a deeper biblical reason why what we think about our bodies matters. So, Bets, you ready for this? Sure. All right, first of all, the relevant reason. Americans, but increasingly people from all over the world, are fixated on our appearance. Is that not true? Mm-hmm. So we would certainly say particularly Americans, but but really if any more these days, especially now that the Internet is worldwide, social media is worldwide, We are completely uh, fixated on our appearance, what we look like. And, you know, appearance means a lot of things. It means your clothing, how you carry yourself, all this stuff. But we are going to focus specifically on uh, a person's body. You know, what do you think of your body, not your style, not other things? Mm -hmm. And we could say without question that there is a lot of fixation on people's bodies, on uh, what they think of their face, their nose, their looks how slender they are, how strong they are. So uh, there's clearly today a greater fixation on appearance and on our bodies than there has, I'm, I'm going to say it, ever in human history. Hmm. You know, you know, maybe maybe there was a time where uh, there was as much of a focus for the people who had the money and the time to think about it. <laughs> That's another reality now is that we all have more of those things to even consider our our bodies. Right. But But think about this. If everybody was happy with their bodies, there would be no eating disorders. Mm. And we know eating disorders are ubiquitous, um, certainly in this country, but all over. Uh, Think about the dieting industry. Bets, the dieting industry is huge. Did you know that? Yes. Okay, there's Weight Watchers, there's Jenny Craig, there's so many different uh, businesses out there, different approaches, there's tons of diets, right? Was the Atkins diet ever healthy? That would be my question. I mean, it's like eat all the cheese, eat all the red meat. It was fun. Um, I just can't think that was ever healthy. (laughs) I think that's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if people still do the Atkins diet. And there's what's that new diet, the one that starts with a K? Keto. Keto diet. I think that's similar idea. Aren't you just supposed to eat fat? Like you just eat hamburgers and fat and ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think ice cream because that has sugar, (laughs) but... Yeah. Some of these diets is like, man, I got to try that. <laughs> uh, but listen to this. Marketresearch.com reported in December of 2017 that the U.S. weight loss 
market was worth $66 billion. Wow. Okay. And That's they were, crazy. they said that um, the number of dieters roughly in the, I believe they're reporting on 2016 here, was 97 million. Wow. 97 million people in What's this the country. US population? Over three. So it's like 330, right? 330 million, something like that right now. So that's a big percentage. So about a third. Yeah. And then you think, well, kids hopefully aren't aren't dieting. <laughs> you yeah. hope. So then it's a you know further delineated number from the amount of adults. So there's a tremendous amount of people who are trying to lose weight. Um, online dieting was an industry worth about a billion in uh, 2017. Weight Watchers wow. was the leader in 2016 revenue with 350 million. So the point is, I mean, dieting, eating disorders, self-esteem issues, anxiety, depression, clearly they all connect with body image, right? Mm -hmm. They may not, that may not be the only cause of some of these issues, right. but uh, that's, so that's the relevance. Okay, that's the relevance um, reason. This is a relevant topic for our society today, and it touches on so many things. It, it touches on the relationship we have to food, what we teach our kids about food, uh, what our own self-esteem is, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But here's the, here's the deeper reason, Bets. The deeper reason why the question, do you like your body matters, is because God created our bodies. Mm. Simple but true. And you can search your Bible, and you will not find any Bible passages that hate on our bodies. Yes. You're not going to find them. Now, you might say, wait, wait a second, I've read my Bible, and it talks about the flesh being a bad thing. Or like where Paul says, I beat my body. I beat my body, sure. But I make it my slave. I make it Isn't my slave. Something like that. Yep, yep. And that one, you know, requires, certainly requires a little interpretation here to understand that. But the first thing you can say is when the Bible talks about flesh, it is not saying that your skin is bad. It's saying that you have a natural sinful sinful inclination toward doing bad things, toward evil. When Paul talks about, um, I beat my body, he's really talking about discipline, and we, are, we don't have time to go into that now. But the point is, the Bible is actually an incredibly body-positive book, mm. all right? And we see that from the very beginning. God, it says he created... Uh, man in his image, man, male and female who created them. And we know that God likes bodies because he says it's very good. He right. He creates us. True. Think about this. Uh, God could have created us like angels. He could have made us uh, spiritual beings if he wanted to. Or he could have said, your bodies are bad and you have to put up with them now until we get to heaven. Mm. But you want to know why that we know God doesn't think that? Just one word. What's that? Resurrection. Mm. If if God was uh, body negative, then why would he be resurrecting us to new bodies? Mm. So clearly... Uh, so true. Yeah. So the body will not go away. That's right. So if, if, if we hate our bodies, we want to escape our bodies, um, we're really expressing an idea there that's, that's anti-biblical, and, and it says, mo mostly it talks about us and, and what's going on in our own hearts that we would think that. And that kind of attitude really arises from other places than from the Bible. Like that's, you know, the Greek philosophers who, who wanted to escape their bodies or whatever. Yeah, and then, Not from the Bible. And then today it comes from, uh, I stare at a thousand people on Instagram every day who are basically flawless, 
and I hate my body or, or whatever, you know, all the different causes that lead into that. Mm-hmm. So the, the biggest reason here is God created our bodies. He likes our bodies. And God really wants us to have an attitude of, hey, God, thanks for my body, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's kind of a weird prayer. So <laughs> you, you could say something like, God, thanks for making me the way you did. You don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you didn't make a mistake with me, so I'm grateful for this body that you gave me. Mm-hmm. So it's a relevant topic. It's a biblical topic. And one last thing, Betsy, before I hand the mic off to you, some Christians might think, well, you know, how relevant is this for Christians? We're people who have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit, all this stuff. But, and that's true, of course, but Christians are not immune to body image issues. No. You know, we would both say with 100% confidence that some of our listeners have different struggles in this area of life. Right. And you and I have struggled sure. with this in it is, ways. It is so common, whether it's, I just want to lose a little more weight and feel better about or myself. Or maybe gain a little more weight. Gain a little more weight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never liked my nose. I've never liked my eyes. I, I, you know, it can be just a very small thing that you don't like about yourself that in some way is saying, I have a negative body image, uh, which I'm not immune to as a Christian. So, Betsy, go ahead and enlighten us here on some of the finer points of, of body image. What is it? What does it mean? And how should we respond? Well, as we started thinking about this topic, it, it was difficult to know even how to get a handle on it because mm-hmm. the concept of body image, it's really broad and it's, you know, it's multifaceted. So you could examine it from so many different angles. And um, I'm sure in the future we will revisit this idea um, from a different angle. Um, but just to give you a few more stats that I found really interesting. Now, Psychology Today did a survey. This goes back 20 years. Um So they released these, I think they did a survey in the 60s and then again in the 80s or something like that. This was a pretty broad survey. Um, So they released this in 1997, so 21 years ago, I guess. Um, And in that survey, 89% of women wanted to lose weight, 89% of the women who were um, interviewed. Mm -hmm. They were particularly dissatisfied with their abdomens, their overall body weight, their hips, and their muscle tone. And this was... The results from 21 years ago? Yes. 89%. Wow. 89, yeah. That was crazy. That's such a high number. Um, Another question that they asked on this survey in 97, which I found so interesting, they said, how many years of your life would you trade to achieve your weight goals? (laughs) Interesting, right? So um, 15% of women and 11% of men said they would sacrifice more than five years of their life. More than five. To achieve their weight goals. And wow. then it's funny, the authors said they wished they had pushed it out to like 10 and 20 years sure. to see what the percentages were. Um, it's like a deal the Wicked Witch would offer you, you know? Yeah, like, right. I'll give you... Yeah. Then if, if you scaled it back to three years of sacrificing your life... Um, there were 24% of women and 17% of men who said they would be willing to give up three years of your life to achieve your weight goals. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that was 1997. Um, obviously, attitudes have shifted somewhat. Um, now I think we're a little more accepting of other body shapes. So it Plus would be, size models. Right. Yep. It would be interesting to have those same um, questions asked now. H- however, this was before social media. Right. So True. we might find that these numbers have increased. Right. Wouldn't be surprised. And it would be interesting to, to look at 
body image specifically through the lens of social media and how those impact each other. So fast forward to 2010. This was a really interesting study that um, I looked at last year, I think. This was a study on children. It showed that nearly a third of children ages five and six, so little, little ones, choose an ideal body size that is thinner than their current perceived size. So I think they do this with mm. pictures. They, they, they give children a, li- a range of pictures, and the child circles the one that they think describes them now, and then they circle what they sure. think is the ideal body size. And one-third of them would circle yep. a body size smaller. Can I just give my theory on why that one of the reasons that is? Sure. Because on every kid's show, the kids have these freakishly small bodies. Yes. And these giant heads with these giant alien eyeballs. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, I was going to touch on that later, but it's really interesting to see how kids and, well, really all uh, cartoons are now. Like, they do. They have these yeah. huge eyes. Yeah, like Dora the Explorer, who on the on the whole, I'm She had like a I'm football positive. head. Oh, yeah. She's like half her body weights are... In, she's like... She, <laughs> she couldn't walk. She couldn't walk. She'd fall over. <laughs> But even like Anna and Elsa, let's look at them from Frozen. Oh, Their eyes are huge. They They're pretty. They couldn't They're really walk pretty. either. They couldn't yeah. walk either. Yep. Yeah, but then you know they have like the tiny waist. So we we were going to touch on that later. Um, but you know, I know I've said things about children and and women, but we can't think that body image um, struggles aren't also reported by men because men also report a significant rate of body dissatisfaction. So maybe it's different. Like maybe they oh, feel yeah. pressure to look like Hulk sure. Hogan. Or, sure. Well, um, it's interesting if you go to the if you go to any gym, uh, you know, and a lot of guys just want to work out, want to be strong, but there is certainly a a getting shredded culture. Oh yeah, that ca- that totally consumes guys' lives with their diet, everything that they do. It affects every decision that they make. So I would say, yeah, it's so, probably less common for men, but it for the most part just looks different. Well, and that would affect a man who feels like he's too heavy and also a man who feels like he's too light and oh, yeah. doesn't have, you know, the muscle mass and everything. Yep. Yep. Um so we've already thrown around the term body image. Um just to be clear in our definition, body image refers to one's thoughts, feelings and behaviors towards one's body. Mm. That's kind of the working definition. So Josh already touched on this to some extent, but why should we care? Like why if you're listening to this and you don't have any body image struggles, um, that's great, and I'm um, that's wonderful. Although, if we really extend that definition, most people probably do in one way or another. Right. Because if that you're probably saying, touches something, yeah. Because if unless you are totally content with every single part of your body, the you know everything about your body, your body image is not perfectly sanctified, mm-hmm. right? Right. So body image struggles affect so many people, um, and those struggles are linked with critical mental health problems that include eating disorders and d- depression and low self-esteem. Um, and also, body image struggles and concerns can really become an, an obsession. Like It limits your effectiveness mm-hmm. in other areas of life because you're always going back to thinking about how you look, and you're evaluating how you stack up next to other people. And um, interestingly, I found, um, you know, the company Dove, mm-hmm. they, they make oh, like yeah. soap and stuff. Absolutely. Um, probably a lot of our listeners are aware they're, they're trying to lead these beauty campaigns mm-hmm. to normalize um, other sizes yep. and other concepts no, of beauty. Normal, normal people, normal right. bodies. Normal yep. people um, being beautiful. Yep. Um, so they did a pretty wide, they called it a global beauty and confidence report 
in 2016. And they asked, um, I think they only addressed women, but they asked women um, different questions ranging in 13 countries. And the interesting thing that Dove found was that 85% of women admitted to opting out of important life activities like trying out for a team or a club or engaging with um, family or loved ones when they didn't feel good about the way that they looked. Mm. So um, you can see that you know, when we are struggling with the way that our bodies look, it really can limit, like I said, limit your effectiveness or even your engagement in your yeah. own life. And you know, that's sad if somebody sad. says, I won't go to the swimming pool right? because I won't put a swimsuit on. Right. I don't want to go to the beach. I won't go to the beach. I won't go to the gym because right. I just feel so ashamed about, you know, this part of my body or how I look. That's it really is, sad. It is sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can see how this easily becomes a form of idolatry. Honestly, it saps our life away and it can... Um, it can rob us of opportunities to have joy in our lives mm. and to serve others um, just because it's something that we're chewing on so often inside of our heads. Yeah, and just to add this, it's also sad when a person feels like, uh, I'm thinking particularly of women here, but, you know, hey, if I'm going to go to the beach, I have to have a bikini on or something like that. Right. I can't just wear a regular swimsuit, right? There's that right. added pressure to look a certain way. Right. I mean, bikini body is a phrase for a reason. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. So um, just one more thing that I wanted to add, um, and I think a lot of our listeners would resonate with this, a buzzword for the last several years has been objectification, right? Or maybe self-objectification. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those concepts heavily or figure really heavily into this conversation. So just to give a Google definition of objectification, because I, I, like I said, I think it's something we probably all hear. Um, that is the action of degrading someone, could be yourself, to the status of a mere op- object. Mm. So um, self-objectification, meaning when people view themselves as objects for use rather than human beings, you know, a holistic person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we objectify, we cease to see ourselves and others as people, and instead we reduce ourselves to a collection of body parts, either beautiful or ugly. You know, that that's like what you think of when you see someone. You say, wow, that's a body that I envy or mm-hmm. that's an ugly body or whatever, instead of saying, oh, that's a person with yep. thoughts and dreams and hopes. And Yeah, we're, we're totally evaluating the person on the external, right. on, on their appearance. Mm-hmm. And self-objectification, that's interesting there because in a way you're you're separating yourself from your own body right and your your body just becomes a means to an end or or a tool or an instrument or something like that and we definitely see this on social media think of you know a kim kardashian selfie for example she's not wearing very much clothing usually so that's a problem um but she's putting her body out there for people to evaluate and envy and um I, that's what self objectification means it's saying look at my body um, judge it and see what you think of it. Um, and we see this so much on social media, I think. So, um, you know, Kim Kardashian, it's not like, not to be mean, but it's not like she has millions of followers because she's like this great person who contributes so much to the world. Um, sorry, Kim. Yeah. Not not trying to to sell you short. Not to throw her (laughs) under the bus, but, um, it's more because we're, you know, an image. Maybe she's working on a PhD, Betsy. She might be. We just don't don't know. I don't want to sell her short. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of objectification is just reducing ourselves and others to how much they fit and how much we fit into the culturally prescribed idea of beauty. So it's really, 
shortchanging so much of, um, you know, viewing someone as a whole person. Yeah, and we'll get into this at other times, but there's lots of really interesting intersections going on Mm -hmm. with the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. with objectification, with plus-size models, with uh, obesity in this country. I mean, there's all these interesting interconnected ideas that all relate to the body. They do, yes. So it's a very important topic. Yeah. Um, This was a quote that I really love that kind of helps us to think through this. Um, This is by theologian Beth Felker-Jones. She's out of Wheaton College. Um, She said, The cult of the young body, the veneration of the airbrushed, media-produced body, conceals a hatred of real body. Real bodies. Cultural practice expresses aversion to the body. And you can see this, you know, when we even when we talk about exercise, it's always about, like, toning, slimming, cutting down. Um, You know, it's like... It it um a, a lady named Those Susan are kind of violent words. Yes, exactly. Yep. A yep. lady named yep. Susan Bordeaux said, um, "The way that we talk about the body really encourages an adversarial relationship." So you can see that it's like your body is something to be conquered and subdued. Yep, and shredded is another word. Shredded, sure. yeah, yeah. You shred cheese, <laughs> right? Not your body. Not your body. Why are we shredding <laughs> our bodies? Yep. Yeah. So, um, and this goes back to what what you already said, Josh. I think the foundational thing that we're confronting with body image is um, maybe forgetting the purpose of our bodies. It's not, they're not these objects that need to be conformed to a social beauty construct. Um, They're part of the way that God's made us in his image and and they should be treated with dignity and appreciated for all of the abilities, for the beauty that each one has. And it's just, um, it robs us of so much joy when we think that we have to look a certain way to be satisfied with our bodies. So anyway, I, another interesting thing to think about is where we develop these ideas about our bodies, and um, that's another thing that maybe we would look at it a, uh, more fully in a different episode. Um, but we see things from traditional media, meaning TV and movies and music and magazines. Um, different. We already talked about um, cartoon characters looking so slender and the weird eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that speaks to our children, I think, because kids are really perceptive about that stuff. And also definitely from families, you know, the, the words of our parents have sure. power in, sure. as we develop our own self-concept. Um, and, you know, also just culture, different cultures idealize different body forms. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, yeah, we get messages from all over that contribute into how we form our body image. Interesting. Uh, another related topic is just how we Christians think about aging. You know, mm. nothing wrong with dying your hair if, right. if it starts to go gray. Right. But um, should we should we have a different approach to aging? Are we uh, is the because I think in many ways the cult, the ultimate en- enemy is getting older. And if you think about Hollywood, everybody in Hollywood is trying to hold on to the fountain of youth. Yeah, you see a picture right? and it's like this person is seventy, and you're like, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how's that person Tom, seventy? Tom Cruise, Top Gun Two is coming out sometime. Yeah, he must. It's, it's how been old is it's he? been thirty something years. You know, he the guy's in his fifties. Oh, 50? He's in yeah. his 50s. But it's crazy what he's still doing in his sure, 50s. Sure, <laughs> Anyway, we're going to move on to part two in our next episode and give us um, some practical ways we can think about improving our body image and helping our children to do that. So uh, we will revisit that in episode two. So Josh, what have you been reading recently? Well, I have been reading um, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. 
of course, the German theologian who was in prison during World War II. Mm, that's a classic. Yeah, classic book. He died in prison. I'll have to admit that when I started it, I kind of felt like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. I tried it earlier, didn't didn't really get going. Honestly, I wasn't sure if it was going to be relevant, but it has been really, really good. Oh, and that book is worth reading. That's worth the church discovering particularly as we have become such a fragmented, lonely, disconnected society. Mm. Just a great call. I'm sure I'll be referencing it in the future and just pulling out some quotes and so forth, but just an awesome book. So um, Life Together is still worth reading, and I'm still not entirely sure that there's something better out there on community. Mm, It's it's a short book, too. It's maybe 100 pages. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, everybody. Um, Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Maybe tell a friend about us. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Intersect Podcast. Show notes are available for this episode on our website, www.neprez.com slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. See you for episode two.